0: Who is our guest presenter? Her name is Tiki Barnard. You will have heard her here on the station. She's the CEO of Shift Impact Africa and the founder and CEO of the Shared Value Africa Initiative. But she comes uh, from a long history in advertising and marketing, and we thought it would be interesting to talk to her about how one shifts from and indeed pivots from a space of commercial into something which perhaps is far more purpose-driven. On the line, Tiki Barnard. Tiki, it's a delight to have you. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Good morning, Michelle. And as always, very happy to join you and your listeners this morning.
0: And thank you for having me. Joan Armour Trading, More Than One Kind of Love, your first choice song. You were like throwing the songs up in the air and trying to decide which one is the most important (laughs) one. Why that song?
1: I think for me, this is almost a song of integrity. Because for me, you need to be true to yourself, and you need to be true to others in life. And I think it's also it's got a lot to do with the love for my daughters, Lindy and Journey, the love for my country, my continent, you know, and all the people that I've I've been privileged to meet as well. Because I think if you can stay true to yourself, you have to be true to 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 you know those around you and those
0: that have crossed your path. That's why. <laughs> You have been so true to yourself um, with regards to the choices and decisions that you made after a very successful career in advertising and marketing. It was—I have spoken to you about this in the past, but I'm intrigued as to what made you just say, "That's it and no more." I think you know when I
1: when I go back to 2009, and I mean, remember that was when Barack Obama also became president. And I I think the year before that, it was like, you start questioning yourself as an individual, you know, am I doing enough? What can I do to make a bigger difference? Because I was in the advertising industry, and at that time was um, Network BBDO. You know, I was on the board at Network b v had, had shares in the company. It was really, uh, you know, it was a good time in in, in, in my life. But then I, I just, there was this yearning to actually really make a difference. You know, because I was struggling within the advertising industry uh, because we were trying to make a difference, but we weren't really getting there. So I decided to take the step out of, of um of advertising and I, I still remember when I resigned actually I used Barack Obama's um his inaugural speech. Part of his inaugural speech I in order to resign from the board, I, I used part of his speech because I was so inspired by by his speech. Um and yeah, so I then moved from 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 uh, network BBDO and I went to Cijiso T V and Communications which is a subsidiary of kahiso Trust. And I'm sure you're familiar yes. with their with their work, Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. Um so 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 as at at kahiso we worked extensively, you know, with government on advocacy programs and and at that time it was just bef- just before the twenty ten World Cup and one of our biggest projects actually was was the communications and the advocacy around the Rea Via bus service yes. which was just such an exciting time as well so 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 and then also we worked on anti xenophobia campaigns you know it was it was just working on campaigns that were truly trying to make a difference in people's lives you know, yeah. and, and that was the reason why I stepped out of the advertising industry. I'm still very much involved with it, I have to admit, because I, I work with Lewis on the Shared Value Awards. Yeah. I mean Pratesh and myself uh were just the other day we were on a webinar where we're trying to convince, you know, companies to enter the shared value awards. So, so yeah, i still, still, with with half of it in the advertising industry, because I also would love to 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 get the advertising industry to shift, and I think Pratesh is trying to do it with Lurie's to shift from you know realizing what a big job they have also to bring about change from you know from a private sector perspective. So,
0: so let's um let's just interrogate that a little bit earlier. You raised the question of. Am I doing enough as someone who works in the corporate sector? So there, there, there's a question around um, what should you be doing in the business sector or the private sector? I mean, I think it was Milton Friedman, the American economist, and I stand to be corrected. But his uh, concept was that if, if you are in the private sector, your most important job is to make profit. Now, of course, am I doing enough? talks to something completely different it talks to purpose absolutely
1: I think the the huge I think what COVID-19 has shown us Michelle is that business and society is inexplicably linked yeah because you cannot have a healthy economy if the people aren't healthy we've seen it yeah. so 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 I think and also what's happened since um, Michael Porter and Mark Kramer came up with this concept of creating shared value, where we're trying to advocate to the private sector to say, you can make your money like Milton Friedman said. Yeah. You know, make your profits. But it is also, you have to look at creating social value as well. You know, what is your impact as a private sector organization on society and on the environment? Yeah. And, and, you, and you can address it through your business. I mean, there are lots of organizations that are, are addressing it through a business lens. But I think sometimes people find it maybe a little bit offensive if you say that you can make money through, you know what I mean, through social impact. Yeah. But I think that we have to be realistic about that because business have to be sustainable because yeah. they've got to pay salaries, their taxes. I mean, we've seen so many business businesses now with COVID-19 that... You know they just weren 't sustainable and, and and they closed down so 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 if you you have to you 've got to look at it from a business perspective, we know you have to create economic value, but you need to create value for society as well
0: so let 's um, when we talk about sustainable you know it 's a word that is flung around and obviously it talks um, closely to the SDgs, the sustainable development goals. But what do we mean by sustainable when we talk about business models?
1: I think when we, you know, not for us when we talk from a shared value perspective, when we talk about you being sustainable and sustainability, we talk about shareholder capitalism. We, yeah. The thing is that as an organization, in order for you to to be able to let, let's put it simply, in order for you to be able to run your business, you have to be sustainable. And we not, we, we we talk about paying your taxes, be a good corporate citizen, getting your license to operate, you know, from 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 um, your stakeholders, and 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 um, being able to run the business. Because I think from a, if you talk about sustainable. In the old days, I think people always used to think about sustainability as, you know, green. It's everything to do with green. You know, yeah. but sustainability within itself is how sustainable, Mr. CEO, is your company? Are you going to be around in six months' time? You know, how are you looking at your your operations from a stakeholder perspective? Yeah. You know, because that is what's going to, your stakeholders is going to create your sustainability, not your board or anything like that. Because I think that now, you know, with COVID-19 and also what we've seen in the last two years since we've launched the the, the Shared Value Africa Initiative, is, is this this shift as well, because the thing is, people are our biggest asset yeah. from a business perspective. And I and I sometimes, you know, I get disheartened when, when, when you look at certain organizations and you see that, you know, that it's more about the assets and it's more like Milton Friedman said about the profit than actually about the people. But it is shifting, I must say.
0: You know, Tiki, you've, you've done such interesting work in this space, and part of that work has been around working with um, uh, Michael Porter from the Kramer and Porter uh, engagement. And I-, I wondered is that a principle or a philosophy, or is it a practical pragmatic? So
1: we, it's called the Shared Value Business Management Concept. Yeah. So 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 for us it's more about the principle that you as an organization have a responsibility towards our people out there. You have to ensure that you you look at the communities in which you operate, and, and, and if I can refer to maybe some, you know, just to a sector like the mining sector, when you're operating in a specific community or you're moving into a, a community because you've now got a new license from government to operate, with, to mine within that community, you've got to ensure it is your responsibility You actually ensure that the day that you leave that mining community, that you've left a sustainable community behind. It is your responsibility because you are working within their territory. So for me, if every single organization can go into any initiative or if they look at it from a strategic perspective and they go with that mindset that it's about the people first and then it's about profit.
0: We're going to go to uh, your second song, Tiki, and uh, what a great song it is, Bob Marley with Three Little Birds. Why? (laughs) Thank you. Why? You haven't told us.
1: Oh, why? Oh, okay. (laughs) So so I think this this Bob Marley song for me was just when I joined Kekiso in 2009, walked straight into this, the Rehuvia Advocacy Project. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, it was, it was actually quite, we had such a great team at, at Cafiso. So what I, what I did before every meeting, I played the song that everything's going to be all right because everybody was worried that we weren't going to make our deadlines. We weren't going to (laughs) convince the commuters from Soweto to use the rear via bus service. So it was just, it was, uh, you know, it was a me- It was a song that I always want to say also to people listening today that I know that we're going through hardship with COVID-19 at the moment. But this song, I always play it because I know
0: that everything is going to be all right. Now there's a song. What a great song, Tiki. And you're right, I suppose, that everything, if it's not all right, it's not... Uh It's not the end of the time. Uh, You know, we need to get there and it will be all right. Tiki, you um, have, and we're going to be talking about this with your guests in a moment, but I wanted to just uh, open it up. You you work in the space of shared value. You work in the space of um, making that kind of a difference. And now you've uh, motivated on something quite different and which appears to be quite personal. It's the, Hashtag It's Not Okay movement. Tell us a bit about that.
1: Um, so, so I think Michelle, I can't comment. Um, I think it was about three or four, four weeks ago. Um, you know, when we had um, another incident of, of gender-based violence and femicide, and, and I think it happened on a Sunday morning. When I, I just, I decided because I'm a, I'm a, a gender-based violence victim myself. I've decided that we have to do something because we're a country that has been struggling for more than 10 years. I think we, not think, we have the highest gender-based violence figures in the world. And, and government has been trying to work on it. NGOs have been trying to work on it. NPOs have been trying to work on it, but be not making a difference. And I think what I've decided then was to try to put this movement together. And this movement, all it, what it is, it is, it just says gender-based violence and femicide, hashtag it's not okay. So, and it doesn't belong to any brand. It belongs to every single South African citizen that is prepared to step up and say gender-based violence Hashtag, it's not okay because we need to mainstream the awareness of 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 gender-based violence in order to to get rid of this apathy. You know that people are, 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 you know that if it doesn't affect me, you know I stay away from it. But if we think about it, one in three men is a perpetrator. One in three women are going to become a victim. So we as a society and we as people owe it to each other to actually do something about it. So it's been a wonderful ride. The support for it has been absolutely unbelievable because I think we, we at a time now with COVID-19, we've realized that the figures are even you know, going up. Um, so, so we have to do something about it. And there's lots happening about it. There are lots of organizations that have got internal um, initiatives. They, I mean, UN, and we're going to speak to Anne just now. Anne is working with, and, and this comes directly from our president, She's working with the Gender-Based Violence and Femicide um, National Strategic Plan. So there, there's a lot happening at the moment, but we, we need to do as much as we can, and we need to do more. So, so, so for us, it's, you know, it's something that we have to do.
0: We have to go into the sport break, but it's uh, interesting. We've just had a, a WhatsApp from someone saying, please, Kenya Wilson in Cape Town, saying we need more to educate uh, men and protect women and children. So um, I know that you have something about abuse uh, about KwaZulu Natal women, but we need to look at all women, not only from one province. And indeed, child abuse contributes to poverty, is what Wilson in Cape Town says.
2: Michelle Constant on SAFM.
0: And don't forget, if you keep sending in your introductions and your outros to Zai, we will make sure that they get played next weekend on the show it's 9:35 you are with SFM 104 to 107 this is the Jet Set Breakfast our guest presenter is Tiki Barnard. Now, Tiki has uh, over the years shifted and changed in terms of the business and the work that she does, moving from the commercial world of marketing and advertising and becoming the founder and CEO of Shift Impact Africa and also the Shared Value Africa Initiative and uh, driven in many ways, as she's noted, by her passion for shared value as a business management concept, a fascinating one for sure. Tiki we uh, we're talking about the "It's Not Okay" movement against gender-based violence, and I'm wondering if uh, your ability to uh, work the scene, so to speak, or the advertising scene, has meant that you've managed to get quite a few organisations and private sector corporates on board with this project. Uh, <clears throat> Michelle, I've been I've been
1: truly blessed because I think through the through the years you know, the the contacts and, and people that have crossed my path, I could um, reach out to them and specifically also all the women and the big organizations with, with, within my network, because that's one of the things that we have a really, really great network as the Shared Valley Africa Initiative. And I could reach out to UN Women, you know, I could reach out to Anne, because Anne of and I've known for the last four years, since 2017, when we had our first um, Shared Valley Summit and was one of our speakers. And she very specifically at the summit then spoke about the, the UN Sustainable Development Goals with a focus on gender equality. So okay. so we've got Heart Train is on board. We've got JC Co, We've got AdReach. You know, we've got some really great brands that's 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 part of, of of this movement, and any brand can join because it's for free. You can download the artwork from our website, it's notok.africa, um, and and use it, you know, in support of this fight against gender-based violence. You know, and the call is for every single South African um, to join us because we can make a difference.
0: On the line, we have your first guest, Anne Getuku Shongwe, who is the representative for the United Nations Women's South Africa Multi Country Office or SAMCO. Uh, Anne, we're going to talk to you in a moment. I wanted to, to get to. Oh, I thought we had a break, so my apologies. And um, we do have you on the line. Thank you very much for yes. joining us, and uh, thank you for uh, coming on board as uh, Tiki's first guest. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you, Tiki. Good morning. And I want to talk to you about. Um, we talk about the SDGs, which, of course, as part of the United Nations and a representative for the United Nations, you are delivering and working on all the time, in specific issues around women's rights. How easy has it been to engage with that? And how, I mean, easy would be the wrong word. How difficult, let's rather say, would it be to engage in that particular SDG? Um,
2: thanks, thanks, thanks um, for that question and for Tiki's uh, wonderful campaign. It's not okay. This is a this is an area of work that um, is growing in its strength and its and its and its ability to really chart new ground for the kind of future that we all want to be a part of. Um, if you read reports from multiple organisations, including the World Economic Forum and ourselves, the UN. Um, we have all kinds of data that shows that, depending on the sector, it will take anywhere from 100 years to 700 years for us to reach gender equality at the current pace at which we are moving. Yeah. So our role as UN Women um, and our partner UN agencies is to make sure that we are cutting down that time. And what that means is to identify where the barriers are to be able to achieve. And one of the biggest things this year is 25 years the Beijing Platform for Action, which is a blueprint for gender equality 25 years ago that the whole world is looking at, as we've reviewed these 25 years of progress, what has become very clear to us is that the single largest issue to be able to break the back of this um, gender inequality is, um, is breaking really stereotypes and norms that perpetuate gender inequality. So this is where we are focusing a lot of our attention. Um, yeah. And as part of that, uh, well, let me let you let me let you go ahead and ask a question.
0: So, I'm gonna I'm going to ask Tiki the relationship between yourself and Anne in uh, driving this storyline forward. It's not okay. Where did it start? Well, I think oh. um, Anne. If I can,
1: uh, as I said earlier on, in 2017, four years ago. Um, Anne was part of the, Shared Value Africa leaders, um, of the Africa Shared Value Leadership Summit, and she was one of our speakers. I still remember Anne, the interview that you had with Eusebius on stage and talking about mm-hmm. the SDGs and talking about gender equality. Can you remember it? i remember it very very well <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was a very exciting interview uh you say this is a super provocateur and it was great mm. because it gave you a chance to actually share some of the depth of this kind of work um but i think i can say you know just to just to interject that you know human women in south africa is supporting the um the government of south africa and the department of women in particular who are driving the implementation of a National Strategic Plan to End Gender-Based Violence and Femicide. And that National Strategic Plan um, is a platform really for everybody and anyone in this country who cares about ending gender-based violence to participate and be a partner on that platform. And that platform is basically... Looking at multiple areas, and there's are six pillars that look at you know from justice to uh, prevention to um, accountability and leadership and and response, um, economic power. And so you know Tiki's campaign fits in very well in um, the the prevention uh, and response pillars so that you know because I think a lot of what we've done, and I'm sure in your um in your different interviews that you've had, We are so often focused on uh, justice and what the courts are saying and what the police have done or not done. Well, we have to do everything we can right now to prevent this before it happens. And we haven't invested enough in there. And so, It's Not Okay is really an opportunity to mobilize men in particular and institutions to say enough is enough. And we have a global campaign also called HeForShe.org. And HeForShe.org is calling on men in particular to participate in breaking the back of this norms and stereotypes that, they, that have perpetuated this behavior. I mean, I've had interviews recently um, in our different Zoom platforms talking to men who are working with uh, young men who are going for circumcision yes. or working with, uh, you know, just community young men uh, on pop culture and really having conversations about what is the sort of culture around violence and recognizing that actually... There is, there is reward, uh, quote unquote, in, um, in, in, in almost like incentives to this toxic behavior because amongst, um, amongst many, many men, this is, um, you know, it's something that people joke about. If you think about yeah. movies that we watch in large institutions and big companies and the big, you know, the big sort of, uh, type A boss who, male boss who just takes full advantage of all the women in the organization, mm. it's just normalized. Yeah, so we have to break this by so, really challenging the stereotypes.
0: That uh, and you mentioned that uh, you create that government and yourselves are working on a platform, focusing on you know, a, and that anyone who cares can then access the platform. My concern is that anyone who cares is not the person that is necessarily involved in the violence. i mean, yeah. a bit like oh, yes, what's the phrase? It's a it bit definitely. Like, is. It's a bit like isn't that singing is. to the choir?
2: No, no, it isn't, because part of the work is about um, really starting to ask ourselves what would change the game. So I just mentioned this point about Stereotypes and norms. Yeah, what that means, for instance, we have a partnership. We have a, a platform called the Unstereotype Alliance. It's a global. Oh yes, I know. Yeah, I saw the launch of that. Yeah. Yes, we launched. We launched it in, in, in February, mm. and the Unstereotype Stereotype Alliance is inviting companies who are in the world of advertising, in the world of media, pop culture, people who shape culture. Yeah, and inviting them to say, how you know, how can you use what you do to start recognizing that actually. Some of the choices you're making are perpetuating violence, yeah. and how could you actually flip that? So that's a whole new uh, a team of people. Within the, within the faith-based organizations, we've worked with them for years, but right now we're saying to them, all right, the culture of violence, even inside churches and faith organizations, is, is, um, is, is, is kind of there's a silence around it. It's almost uh, allowed. Yeah. So we are now working on new sort of policies and, 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 and you know, uh, accountabilities within faith organizations. And that's faith organizations themselves running that work. Yeah. It's also saying if there is a, a faith organization in every single community in this country, you know, and I don't know how young all of us are, but of course we know, and I mean, I wasn't born in this country, but we all Watched with awe, the way South Africa organised itself around street committees, yeah, dec- exactly. you know, decades ago to end apartheid, right? Yeah. we need street committees everywhere, and so what we need is just to mobilise those who can lead. Um, and so it's not preaching to the choir; it's actually inviting and challenging everyone to start saying, "How do I stop being a bystander? How do because you know silence is compliance, right? Yeah, uh, you're basically You're complicit your if you say nothing." Um, and in truth, more, in most contexts, people know who the abuser is. Absolutely. They know that there is a pattern of abuse in a particular house. Yeah. They know that, you know, they know women who are violated in the church. Um, they, you know, we all know this, but at least at a microcosm of society, but we do nothing in many instances, or we say it's a domestic matter, and so we wash our hands. So a lot of the work is to say, you know, how do we mobilize everybody to start making it their business just within your own circle of influence. So, this is not about the macro what government is saying. This is about how am I using the platform yeah. that I have in my local context to say it's not okay on my street. The other day, so, I was walking down the street just taking a walk and I heard there's a fracas at a house. Yeah. You know, and I went to the guard and he says, ah, don't worry about it. This is, they do this all the time. I said, no, that's not that's okay. Not good enough. And so, started to start doing some inquiry and trying to make sure that we're reporting this matter to say it's not okay. So I think this is the biggest thing right now, is to start driving um, a culture of um, intolerance, zero tolerance to violence and stop watching on the news yeah. like it's some other person's problem. Every one of us has to take, take, take note. Just the way we worry about you know, uh, community, community policing, you know, we have our forums, we have our WhatsApp groups in our neighbourhoods. That, 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 that WhatsApp group needs to be asking, you know, who are we all safe on our street? Is there yeah. anybody who is being
0: violated? Is there any, you know, and starting to find ways to make it fine. So in a the way, normal. what you're saying is that anyone who cares is actually about the building up of ecosystems. Um, Absolutely. And we need to start seeing those ecosystems. It's a bit like a spider creating the spider web. We need to start seeing the points of joining the dots of the network and the ecosystem being created so that we are all positioned within that ecosystem?
2: I mean, I can go on and on about where I have <laughs> seen opportunities. You know, we have this program called He for She yes. Taverns that we partner with the Justice and Peace Program of the Catholic Church. And it's amazing the work that these men have done, where they go and they talk with other men in taverns about abuse. And the tavern owners have become... Um, you know, advocate themselves against gender, gender-based violence. We have some in dogs. there's some in Bang, in Mamelodi. But, you know, this is a growing, you know, it's a growing um, a movement. And the intention is to say, you know, if you, ha- if you know of a case, um, deal with it. And yes. so we actually had a specific case that there had been an unresolved murder of a young woman from a few years before. And eventually after this training, one of the tavern owners said, you know what? I actually remember they were in, this, this woman and this man were in my tavern. I know them, and the man has disappeared for a while. Let's go find him. And do you know that they followed that case, and the man is behind bars today? If they had not made it their business to follow that case, that man would still be out free and perhaps would have caught a few others. So this is the, the kind of culture that we have to shift, the normalization. We've done a report with the UNDP, UN Women and UNDP, about bystanderism. It is so normalized for people to just stand and look and do nothing. So the intention, the the platform of the NSP is literally just to trigger actions everywhere and do them at speed. And as you're saying, the ecosystem, exactly that. With business, we have companies who forever have had some kind of gender policy. We have a Women Empowerment Principles, which is a tool that we use for companies. They sign up. We have like 61 South African companies who have signatures to this, but they don't have a strong policy on violence and harassment in that workplace. Yeah. And if they did that and every company worried about violence in its workplace, including on the shop floors, etc, in its community around, then we start making it our business and our responsibility. And dealing with it, and, and and refusing to recruit people who have um, yes, a history please. of violence. Yeah, yeah. And um, the the um, IWFSA are running a, a campaign that is looking to um, uh, work with the with the with the registration of companies to make sure that there is um, a, an offenders list that will not allow us to then put men on boards who are abusers, um, in CEO positions who, who have a history, so they, and, and, and stop passing them around from one company to the next. So this is, you know, and, and that's work that is just triggered, and then they, they run with it. So this is not something that the government or UN Women or other civil society organizations are doing. Do it in your space.
0: Anne Gituku an uh, inspirational guest indeed, as part of uh, our our guest Tiki Barnard, who is here as well. And in fact, we've just had an SMS from someone saying, "Wonderful guest in Tiki and Anne." And thank you so much for the conversation. It's 9:50, and when we come back, we'll go into the second guest of Tiki Barnard, Vuyo Lutseke
2: the jet breakfast on safm destination unknown
0: our guest presenter is tiki barnard she's the founder and ceo of shift impact africa and also the founder and ceo of the shared value africa initiative and your second guest tiki is Luceke, who's the head of stakeholder relations funding sponsorship at the shared value africa initiative tell us a little bit about your relationship so, so Rio is a is a very inspirational young
1: lady, and I think that we be very blessed to have her as as part of our team at the Shared Valley Africa Initiative. She, um, we sort of lured her away from the Nelson Mandela Hospital Trust, where she was. Um, I think she was there for eight years, and and she's also you know helping me and 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 uh, assisting to try and push the hashtag. It's not okay movement for, forward. So she, she plays an enormous, you know, a big role in all of this. And, um, I just want to say she's a young person and, and, and for me, it's really great to see how, um, you know, even, you know, young people are stepping up because they, you know, there's a, there's a shift coming, Michelle. There really is. Because I think for us from a, from a gender-based violence perspective is that the, awareness, as Anne just said earlier on as well, everybody needs to know about it and people need to start talking about it and Real is a big is is one of the big drivers behind behind this campaign
0: Rio, thank you so much for joining us Hi Michelle, <laughs> hi Vicky. thank you so much for <laughs> having me It's interesting, you come from the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital Trust and you are are moving on to two projects right now with massive purpose. I mean, you know, you have been, you have moved on to two projects Mm -hmm. with massive purpose. I suppose the question that one should ask you is the idea of what is purpose for you with regards to, we can look at shared value, we can also look at the It's Not Okay movement and Mm -hmm. uh, we can go back indeed to the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital as well. Um, I think
2: for me, I mean, having gone up during our in South Africa and having very distinct memories of the change in the country, the new government, you know, Rainbow Nation, um, I really became quite um, committed very early on to a personal mission to be part of the changing narrative, not just of South Africa, but of Africa, um, a narrative that speaks to empowerment to us doing for ourselves and changing our society how we thought it best suited ourselves. So with that, really, that has been the guide throughout my career, throughout my involvement with the um, Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital, raising, um, being a part of that the funds and built the hospital and eventually opened it. But meeting Biggie also helped, in my mind, to take that narrative a step further when it became... More than just being about philanthropy, but going back to the proactive um, participation that we need to have in our own growth as a continent and to our, for our own benefit. And that's what really, really attracted me to the concept of shared value, that for really sustainable growth to happen, it's about business being at the center of it, it's about creating networks and ecosystems for this change to happen in a really sustainable way, you know, that really has been the kind of journey that I've been on, and, you know, not to replace philanthropy, but also to rather to coexist with it in a much more scalable way for business to participate and all sectors of society to participate. So
0: so I'm worried about time. We are getting into the end of the hour already, Mm -hmm. and I want to ask Mm -hmm. you both in closing, what keeps you on the track? Is it the fact that it keeps you awake all night because you – are determined or is there something far more energetic and, well, I suppose staying awake at night is as energetic as it gets. But what, <laughs> keeps, you, what keeps you both on the track? I'll start with you, Vuyo. For me, it's first I think we should bring back the 12 mile song <laughs> that you played earlier.
2: Um, but I think it's having a sense of purpose yeah. and the gravity of the mission that we're on and that until, you know, you see that growth and that um, impact. That's what keeps you going each day um, in brief. I think that's all I'll, yeah. Okay. What about you, Tiki? So, for me,
1: what, keep, what keeps me going is this quote from Nelson Mandela that says, What counts in life is not the mere fact that we have lived, it is what difference we've made in the lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead. So, that's mm. what keeps me going. <laughs>
0: That's very appropriate, given we are coming to the end of uh, Nelson Mandela Month. So I think that that uh, okay. does seem the right thing. Tiki, that's that's a saying. It's a quote. It's a wonderful thing. How do you put it into practice every morning when you get out of bed?
1: I think my b- purpose every morning when I get out of bed is to say to myself, "Is what? What is?" Uh, and, and I know it, it, it sounds sort of a little bit cheesy, if I can say that, but yeah. it is. Can I make what difference can I make in people's lives today? Is it do I have to start by pushing the private sector? Do I have to speak to somebody from government? Do I have to speak to somebody from civil society? So for me, what drives me every single day is the fact that I have to I have to personally get up every single day and ensure that I make a difference in somebody's
0: life So okay, when you make that difference, do you like leap up, do a dance? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what we should all be looking forward to when we make a difference.
1: You know what it is though? It in, inspires you. That that for me mm. is the big thing. If that's yeah. my inspiration. If I if I see something happening like now with the hashtag it's not okay mm. campaign yeah. and and hearing Anne speaking about it and getting yeah. the support from the UN and getting the support from big brands like the Chautrain, it's 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 just, it is so inspirational, mm. <laughs> Michelle. It's energizing and to
0: be more. Going. Mm. Talking about being energizing, I think that that's exactly what we've got from you. Voya Luceke, thank you so much for joining us. And Tiki Barnard, thank you so much for being our guest presenter. It's been a wonderful hour. We're out of here. Don't forget the lovely KGN Seasons is up next. That's it from us. It's 10 o'clock, so it's no longer good morning. It's now
2: goodbye.